Blog Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Deliverance is next. Parental discretion is advised. Live worldwide. Deliverance with your host, Jay Bartlett. For the next half hour, Jay will be exploring the unknown, the strange, the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience deliverance. I believe the spirit-led life is evidence in dealing with the devil. If you want to see somebody who's filled with the Holy Spirit, that has experienced the fullness of the third person of the triune God, the Holy Spirit, examine their lives, their ministry, see if they're dealing with the devil. For we see in Mark chapter 1, It's written that in those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descended on him, on Jesus, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Verse 12 is the key passage I want us to look at. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, immediately, in another translation it says, at once, the Spirit, immediately, the Holy Spirit drove Jesus out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. Tempted by the devil. For 40 days, Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God, was immediately driven by the Spirit out to where the devil was. As we look at the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, we're going to see some insights, some very rather interesting insights into the ministry of Jesus Christ when it comes to him dealing with the demonic warfare. It's my hope and prayer that in these series of broadcasts, in these next three broadcasts, I'm going to look at the Gospel of Mark in particular and look at the subject of demonic warfare. Why don't you join me on tonight's edition of Deliverance? I'm Jay Barton. I'll be here for the next half hour exploring the unknown, the strange, and the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience deliverance.
Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news about some more real-life Jesus freaks from the Voice of the Martyrs. Christians in Iraq continue to face deadly violence in what appears to be strategically planned attacks. On November 11, suspected Islamic extremists detonated 11 bombs in Christian suburbs across Baghdad, targeting shops and homes. At least five Christians were killed and 33 injured. Four days later, car bombs killed one person and injured seven. Will you pray for Iraqi believers and pray that God's plan for all people to know the truth and be saved moves forward despite the destructive plans of Islamic extremists? For the latest, go online to persecution.com. Have you ever considered that much of the New Testament was written by persecuted Christians to persecuted Christians? Paul wrote from jail to encourage the church at Ephesus. Peter wrote to Christians driven from Jerusalem and scattered across Asia Minor. What should the response be from Christians in the West today who can barely imagine suffering for our faith? We should study the lives of martyrs throughout history and around the world today. We should pray in brokenness for our pride and in gratitude for our freedom. And we should read the New Testament with fresh eyes and a humble spirit. To learn how you can pray for Christians facing persecution in restricted nations, call 875-VOICE. Dial 875-VOICE to pray for and encourage members of our spiritual family. That's 875-VOICE. The Voice of the Martyrs is a Christian nonprofit organization. I was in Europe, in, in particular, in the United Kingdom, in Birmingham, the second largest city in Britain, holding, conducting various uh, seminars and public meetings where we were pro- proclaiming the gospel, teaching, praying for the sick, and casting out evil spirits in Jesus' name. I was at the Heart of Worship Christian Center where uh, my dear brother in, in, in Christ, Pastor Shadrach, hosted me as I held seminars and public deliverance services, and we had great participation. Many, many were set free from evil spirits, experienced healing of their body and of their broken hearts. Extraordinary time, and I'm looking forward to coming back to Birmingham very soon. Now, January the 11th, which is, I believe, tomorrow. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Today's the 10th. Tomorrow, January the 11th, I'm going to be in Mobile, Alabama, at the Homewood Suites, 530 Providence Park Drive East in Mobile, Alabama. We're holding a small Friday night meeting. It starts at 7 p.m. We're going to meet in the lobby and then head over to the meeting area. No child care is going to be provided, but uh, we look forward to meeting with you. And We're going to believe that people will be set free from evil spirits. That's January the 11th, Friday at uh, the Homewood Suites, 530 Providence Park Drive East in Mobile, Alabama. 
The meeting starts at 7 p.m., and we're going to meet in the lobby. Now, January the 12th, we're going to be in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Hampton Inn and Suites downtown, Peach Tree Meeting Hall, 161 Spring Street Northwest in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Saturday meeting starts at 5 p.m. That's Saturday, this Saturday, January the 12th. Now, January the 13th, I'm going to be traveling on to Nashville, Tennessee at the Hampton Inn Suites there in Nashville, Green Hills. We'll be holding a meeting at the Checkwood Meeting Hall. That's 2324 Crestmore Road in Nashville, Tennessee. The Sunday meeting begins at 5 p.m. So this weekend's going to be quite busy. I covet your prayers. We'll be holding not only public meetings but some private meetings, and we're believing people will be set free from evil spirits. And then later in the month, we're going to be in uh, Ontario, Canada, and then uh, uh, making a special visit to Denver, Colorado, holding a public meeting. So if you can get to Mobile, Alabama, Atlanta, Georgia, Nashville, Tennessee, up in uh, the Toronto area, up in Canada, if you can get to Denver, Colorado, we would love to pray with you so you can be set free from evil spirits. Now, it's my hope and prayer that these next few broadcasts, we can look into the subject of demonic warfare, our demonic warfare. As I pointed out in Mark chapter 1, you see that at the beginning of the Lord Jesus, his ministry, it was the Holy Spirit that immediately drove him out into the wilderness. <clears throat> and who was out in the wilderness? It was but the devil himself. And for 40 days, he had to deal with the devil. The scripture says he was with the wild animals. And we know that the devil was there. I'm sure there were many, many legions of evil spirits there working in conjunction with the devil and, and testing and tempting our Lord Jesus. But as, as the Holy Spirit leads you and I, my friends, in demonic warfare, as the Holy Spirit led the Lord Jesus in demonic warfare, I want you to be encouraged in that we're not going to be alone in this warfare. You'll see at the end of uh, verse 13, it, it says that the angels, the holy angels, were ministering to him. We know that we are indwelt with the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Father is with us, the Son, obviously, and the Holy Spirit. But we're not alone. Angels minister to us as we're involved in demonic warfare. So never be discouraged thinking that you're fighting a war, a battle, by yourself. Now, it may seem on the natural realm, <clears throat> nobody's coming along to help you, but the fact is the triune God is there with you, and God always sends his holy angels to minister alongside you. Does not the scripture say that the holy angels encamp around those who fear him. Now let's look at verse 21. If you have Mark opened, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, if you look at verse 21, it says that uh, they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. 
verse 23. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, a demon. And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But as Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him, the unclean spirit, the evil spirit, the demonic spirit, convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. When you teach with authority, when you teach under the authority of God, as Jesus did in the synagogue, Demons are going to counter. They feel threatened when somebody operates in authority. As Jesus operated in authority, the demons are threatened. <laughs> They're always threatened with the authority. They don't like authority. They don't like to be placed into divine order. <coughs> That's where they're constantly, consistently attacking the church, attacking the family unit in particular, and the governments of the world, because they do not like order. There's divine order divine authority that has been set up in each of these institutions, in the government, in church, in the family. That is why the demons counter these institutions. They don't like the order. They, they feel threatened by its power. There's power in government. There's power. God has, God has ordained the governments of the world to be in existence. The book of Romans is very clear about this. God has obviously created the family. God has obviously created the church. And these are powerful institutions to bring about good in our society, to bring about good in our, in our world. So Satan wants to come along and try to pervert these institutions, to pervert the divine order that's been set in place. For example, he, Satan would like to go into family units to pervert the divine authority that's been set up where the husband is the head of the wife. He would like to pervert that. He would like for the wife to be head of the husband. Demons are threatened with authority. Always have been, always will be. You'll notice in verse 25, in Mark chapter 1, That Jesus responded to the evil spirit that surfaced while he was teaching with authority. There was a man that was in the synagogue that had an unclean spirit. And the unclean spirit cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The Holy One of God. It says in the scriptures that Jesus spoke to the demon sternly. Spoke to the demon sternly. I like how the uh, NIV puts it. And we're going to look at that in Mark chapter 1. You'll see... In verse 25, the demons cried out, 
In verse 25, Jesus replied, Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Jesus spoke to demons sternly. I've never understood this popular idea that demons can be dealt with just softly and gently. No, we are not to deal with demons gently. We are to deal with them as Jesus dealt with them. He had no mercy on the demons. Oftentimes, they felt like Jesus had come to torture, torture them, to, 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 uh, uh, to deal with them very harshly. Well, Jesus doesn't have mercy on demons. He spoke to them very sternly. Come out of him was the command. And that's the command he speaks even on this very day, at this very hour. To those of you who have evil spirits, he speaks sternly. Now, he loves you, the individual, by which these invaders have taken advantage of. He loves you. He speaks to you gently and softly and calmly, graciously, mercifully. But he speaks to that demon within you very, very sternly. And he says, come out. And I tell those evil spirits tormenting your mind right now, vexing you and binding you and enslaving you and oppressing you, to come out in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come out. Come out of that mind right now in Jesus' name. Release that mind. Release that body in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of you are listening to this broadcast throughout the world or nearly every continent of the world are feeling liberation, are feeling release even now as you're hearing my voice. As somebody is coming on your behalf in the authority of Jesus Christ and telling that demon to let go of your mind. I'm sensing many of you are being free even now. Let go, spirits. Let go of that man's and that woman's mind. Now, come out of him in Jesus' name. That's one thing we can learn from the Lord Jesus. He spoke to demons sternly. Now, it's interesting if you look at verse 26. Look with me. It says that, um, and the unclean spirit, after the command was given, the unclean spirit, the evil spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him. Now, you notice that Jesus didn't forbid the manifestation of the evil spirits within this man in the synagogue. Did you notice that, my friends? He did not forbid the demonic manifestation another popular notion that somehow we are not to allow demons to manifest De Jesus Christ when he dealt with the demons in the synagogue he allowed the demons to manifest are we to minister any different any differently my friends are we somehow better than our master are we some, somehow better we've learned more than the master Somehow you know more than Jesus Christ. Somehow you have a better method than the Lord Jesus Christ. Somehow you know that demons are not to manifest. I hear, I hear exorcists and uh, so-called deliverance ministers telling demons not to manifest. That's absurd. Let's look at this again. Mark chapter 1, verse 26. The unclean convulsing him, crying out with a loud voice. Came out of him. The demon spoke in this episode. The demon spoke out of the man. They convulsed. They shook this man. They cried out with a loud voice. 
There was a manifestation. Now, IV puts it this way in verse 26. The unclean spirit shook the man violently, violently, and came out of him with a shriek. The unclean spirit shook the man violently, it says, and came out of him with a shriek. Now, that's what demons do. Demons want, Jesus wanted demons to come up and out. He didn't suppress evil spirits. He allowed the demons to manifest in such a manner. Besides, it shows that the power of God was with him, that he was indeed God in the flesh, and he is God in the flesh. Don't be fearful of the demonic manifestation, for Jesus Christ is Lord. For Jesus is Lord. And like I said just a moment ago, demons were allowed to manifest in such a manner to display their true nature. And then, and then Jesus came along to show that the power of God that was with him was greater. The demons came out in this episode in Mark chapter 1. Look what happens in verse 27, 28 when this occurs. And they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves, saying, what is this? A new teaching with authority. They recognized the authority that Jesus Christ had. <clears throat> That's what they said. A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, the evil spirits, and they obey him. Now, I like verse 28. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Allowing the power of God to rest in any encounter that you have with the demonic allows allows the power of God to flow and to overcome the enemy's works. Verse 28, the NIV says, news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee because of what occurred. Jesus didn't forbid the manifestation. He allowed the manifestation to happen, and he overcame the, man, over the manifestation to, to prove the power that he had was superior. The power that you and I have is superior to the one that exists in the world. Now, there are exorcists in various alternative religions throughout the world. In Islam, there's exorcists. There's even so-called Exorcist within witchcraft and, and voodoo and other alternative spiritual groups. But our Jesus is obviously greater than any of these powers that operate in these alternative spiritual groups because our Jesus has been raised from the dead. Our Jesus Christ is Lord. Our Jesus Christ reigns forevermore. And our Lord Jesus Christ is King. He's God in the flesh. He's God in the flesh. Didn't frighten the Lord that these demonic manifestations were occurring. No, he just overcame them. The demons came out, and news spread because of the miracle. Because it was done in public. Because it was done in public. 
you'll see as we go on to further into Mark chapter 1. Look with me at verse 32. And because of this miracle that occurred in the synagogue, news went out. As it was recorded, his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. It went everywhere. And it was that evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. And the whole city was, was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Now, the reason, now, obviously... There were times when he did allow demons to speak. Why not in this circumstance? It was because these demons wanted to prematurely reveal the nature of Jesus Christ, who he was. And Jesus had a time for his full revelation to be known, made known to all of humanity and to the spiritual realm. And it was not to be made known at that time. So he forbid the demons to speak. That's all that means. But that evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Because of what happened earlier in that synagogue, because that man was delivered from an evil spirit that violently shook out of him, that cried loudly, because of that glorious miracle that occurred, the news spread, and that's what happens when you deal with the demonic. People are amazed at the power of God, and news spreads far and wide. And people bring their friends and family to the Lord Jesus. And that's why I'm hoping and praying for these next three meetings this weekend in Mobile, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia, Nashville, Tennessee, that people who have experienced the power of God in some of our meetings, prior meetings, will bring their friends and family so they, that their friends and family could experience the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. The news of Jesus is spreading everywhere throughout the world. People are seeing that Jesus is alive, that he is able to liberate, that he's able to deliver, that he's able to heal. There's much more I want to talk about tonight as we look at the subject of demonic warfare. I'll be right back after this brief intermission.
about another real-life Jesus freak. It's 1886, Uganda. Bruno Sarunkamo leads a group facing death for one reason alone. Their faith in Jesus is a threat to local authorities. But before he is burned to death, he makes a prophecy that many of his persecutors don't take seriously. Bruno says, We are going to heaven. A fountain fed from many springs will never dry up. When we are gone, others will rise up in our place. Bruno was right. Since then... Many in Uganda have come to Christ, and many have been martyred. But like a fountain, God continues to raise up believers so that more and more can join Bruno in eternity. Get a global perspective from the voice of the martyrs. Go online to persecution.com. In Azerbaijan, being a Christian and a bold witness for Christ can be costly. Forum 18 News reported that on October 31st, Police raided a Christian festival and detained four believers in the town of Kusar, Azerbaijan. Eighty members of a Baptist church were gathered in a believer's home for a celebration thanking God for the harvest. When police arrived, they turned off the gas and electricity in order to prevent the believers from preparing their meal. Police also photographed and videotaped the service and recorded the names of those present. Despite the government crackdown, believers in Azerbaijan remained faithful to Christ. To learn how you can pray for and help persecuted Christians, subscribe to the Voice of the Martyrs free monthly newsletter. Call 875-VOICE. That's 875-V-O-I-C-E. Support persecuted believers by calling 875-VOICE. The Voice of the Martyrs is a Christian nonprofit organization. on every continent of the world and dealing with more than 10,000 different exorcisms, public and private, in all kinds of different settings, I've discovered that the best manual to learn about exorcism, to learn about deliverance, is God's holy word, the holy scriptures, the sacred writings of God's holy apostles and prophets. For we find the very truth of God in this holy book that I have in my hands. 
even tonight, as I'm talking, as I'm speaking, as we broadcast throughout the world, we see in Mark chapter 1, as we continue on with this study in demonic warfare, it's recorded that that Jesus went throughout Galilee, in verse 39, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Preaching in their synagogues and driving out evil spirits. Any kind of teaching, any kind of proclamation, any kind of preaching should always be accompanied with the casting out of demons. As you know through this broadcast, as I share the good news with you, God's loving kindness, his mercy, his goodness to, to you, for he does care for you deeply. He proved his love by shedding blood on a cross where he paid the penalty. He took your sin, my friend. He took my sin. I deserve hell. You deserve hell. We've sinned against the Holy One of Israel. We've sinned against God. But God the Father sent his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as a substitution. So we wouldn't have to be nailed to a cross. So we wouldn't have to shed have to shed blood. He shed the blood. Jesus did it all on our behalf. So you and I could be free. It's amazing. He stepped in. Even though we deserve to die. We're rebellious. We're cruel. We make horrible mistakes. We commit grievous evils each and every day. But God in his mercy and goodness and his love sent his very son, the Lord Jesus, to this earth. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a perfect, sinless life. And after 33 years of life on earth, he was crucified. He was put to the cross where he was killed. And upon the cross, he took your sin, he took my sin. Everything that we've ever committed in life. And he, all the sins and evils, he took our infirmities, our curses, and he put them to death so you and I could be free. He was buried, but he rose again from the dead. So he's alive. He's a living Jesus, and he's able to rescue you now. We have so many people listening throughout the world, and many have never committed their lives to Christ. So I want to give you the opportunity to be born again. Perhaps you're listening to this broadcast for the very first time, and you're wondering, what in the heck is this broadcast about? It's about Jesus Christ liberating souls. He's wanting to liberate you. You want eternal life. You want the forgiveness of sin. You want the love of God in your heart, the peace of Jesus. You must repent. You must turn from your sins. For Jesus says, unless you repent, you will likewise perish. You could turn from your evil ways and, and embrace the cross where you find love and peace and joy. Just simply say with me, as you're listening to my voice, I care for you, I love you, but more importantly, God cares. I want you to say, Jesus. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. Say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. I confess my sins, my evil. I repent and I give my life to you. I surrender all to you, Jesus Christ, and promise to serve you for the rest of my life. Fill me with your love, your joy, your peace, your power. God will forgive you tonight. 
He'll simply make you into a new person, a new creation. Just say, Lord Jesus, save me. And if you said that simple prayer, I'd like for you to email me at j at jbartla.org, jay at jbartla.org, so I could send you a free New Testament. Just send me a, your mailing address, and I will be sure to send you a, a New Testament out to you as soon as possible. That's j at jbartlett.org. And again, I want to remind you all, my friends, January the 11th, January the 12th, January the 13th, that's this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm going to be in Mobile, Alabama, Atlanta, Georgia, Nashville, Tennessee. <clears throat> and, and January the 11th, tomorrow, I'm going to be at the Homewood Suites, 530 Providence Park Drive, East Mobile, Alabama. Friday meeting starts at 7 p.m. We will meet in the lobby and then head over to the meeting area. January the 12th at the Hampton Inn downtown, Peachtree Meeting Hall, 161 Spring Street Northwest in downtown Atlanta, Georgia. Saturday meeting starts at 5 p.m. Mind you, Friday, note this, Friday meeting starts at 7, Saturday meeting starts at 5. Now, January the 13th, which is a Sunday, this coming Sunday, I'm going to be in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Hampton Inn Suites, Green Hills, Checkwood Meeting Hall, 2324 Crestmore Road in Nashville, Tennessee. Sunday meeting starts at 5 p.m. I look forward to meeting you. Now, as we delve into the study of demonic warfare, looking at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1 in particular, we see... Many elements that's involved in demonic warfare. We see that Jesus allowed manifestations occurred. We see that when we're involved in dealing with demons, when these demons are manifesting, we're not alone, for he's with us. Holy angels are with us. We see in Mark chapter 1 that Jesus spoke to these demons very sternly. He permitted the manifestations to occur. He did not forbid them, for it demonstrated the power of God as he countered the, the manifestations with his power, he allowed them to occur, occur to show and to display, to reflect his very holy power over the demonic. It's a public spectacle. We see in Mark chapter 1 that <coughs> deliverance will cause people, <coughs> excuse me, it will cause people to be amazed. At the power of God and news about the power of God will be spread throughout the world. And we see this in the very ministry that we are involved in. And we see at the very end of Mark chapter 1 that the preaching should always be accompanied with the miracle work and power of Jesus Christ, the casting out of demons. <clears throat> now there's much more I want to share with you. And this demonic warfare that we're involved in, a lot more I want to share. As we go through the Gospel of Mark, and we're going to look at the Gospel of Mark again in our next broadcast, and I look forward to sharing with you what God has shown me. I will encourage you, if you have an opportunity, to go to jbartlett.org, jbartlett.org, and you'll find more nearly 40 volumes, more than 30 volumes <clears throat> that I've written, that can be downloaded for free, that can be a blessing into your life, from a book on the occult to books on spiritual warfare, on deliverance, on exorcism, on Christian theology, 
on cults, on the uh, on false religions, you name it, it's there at jbartlett.org. Get to the website. You'll find more information. And download my material. I believe it will be a blessing to you. It will inspire. It will equip you. And I believe you will be empowered to reach other people who are trapped in darkness. All these books are for free, or a vast majority of them are. So you could download them for free, and I would encourage you to do so. That's jbartlett.org. Now, deliveranceblog.org. Deliveranceblog.org is another website we have that uh, where we share more than, I think, two, 300 testimonies of people being delivered from evil spirits, healed of infirmities and sicknesses, even people being raised from the dead. Extraordinary miracles we share in the, on that website, deliveranceblog.org. But as always, we are here to serve you. If you have any concerns, any questions, any prayer needs, please email me at j at jbartlett.org, j-a-y at jbartlett.org, for we are here to serve you. I bless you, my friends. You are my friends in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.